May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my grade school basketball team was pretty good. Powerhouse in our league. That sound a, a little strange for a 47-year-old man to be saying? Who cares, right? But we were. We, we even won one year. It was either my 7th or 8th grade year. We won the big regional tournament, the, the Wisco tournament. That was a big deal. And we had, a, we had a plaque to prove it. Plus, then you add to that the little trophy from a spelling bee and, and, and math track meet ribbons and, and forensics and, and a piano recital and an art fair. And, and, and there was even a big plaque for a, a citywide poster contest. And that was just grade school. In high school, our teams won three state championships, two basketball state championships. Granted, I was not a star on any of those teams, but, but we bench players worked hard too, and, and we achieved amazing amounts of success, and I have the plaques and the trophies and the letters to prove it. And then in college, I helped our team win our, our school's first conference championship in the new conference. We put in a lot of effort, and we achieved a lot of success. And there was a wall full of plaques and letters and ribbons to prove it. You want to guess where all of those plaques and trophies and ribbons and letters are now? The ones that exist still, I think, are in a box in the crawl space below our house. That's if they successfully made the journey, which I'm not sure that they did, from the attic at our old house you see, all those things that we put in so much effort and energy for, now, they're pretty worthless. In fact, less than worthless, because I think they may be taking up some space that could probably be used better, storing something more useful. In the, the verses before our text, the Apostle Paul lists a whole bunch of his previous accomplishments. He was a rising star in the religious world. He had the zeal for his faith, and he did things that, that every Jewish mom and dad dreamed their child would do. But then in our text, Paul says that all of that is worthless. In fact, less than worthless. He calls it a loss. He calls it refuse, garbage, scum, dung, why? Because now, Paul says, he realizes what is truly important. Jesus. Everything else fades in comparison. Let me read for you our text. This is from Philippians 3, 8 to 14. In this section, we get the, the verse that served as our theme verse for soccer camp this year. It's printed for you in the bulletin. <clears throat> what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, 
I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is God's word. Paul tells us what he does. He presses on toward the goal. So let's make that our goal. Let's press on toward the goal, the goal that matters. My wife runs a, a pretty big youth sports program at the, at the YMCA in town here, and she will tell you that she loves watching those kids having so much fun playing those great games. It's the parents that make her job stressful. And, and every year, at the beginning of every season, she has the parent meetings, and, and she tells them very clearly, your kids will not play in the pros. And this certainly isn't the pros. The coaches are volunteer, the referees are basically kids themselves, and no one's winning any money on these games. So there is not a reason ever, never, ever, ever, never a reason to lose your temper and be screaming at a referee or, or at a coach. Never, never a reason. And they agree. But then you go to one of the games, and for some of them, you would think that the final score is, in fact, a matter of life and death. Now, of course, it's not just youth sports parents that have a problem determining or, or living like what is actually important versus the, the things that, are, that are, are nice diversions, fun things on the side of, of while we're doing what is actually important. We do it too. I mean, think of the children's sermon. How much of the time in our day and the, the thoughts in our head do we focus on the stuff that's designed to be the added bonus, the, the, the extra, to the point where sometimes we don't get to the big things. I've not yet met a person who has told me that one of their life goals is to watch X number of series on Netflix, right? We don't do that. I don't know anyone who has their New Year's resolution each year. This year I'm going to play 10,000 hands of solitary on my phone. No, we don't do that. Those aren't our priorities. But a look at our time management might indicate otherwise. No one sets out to let Work consume every waking moment of every day to the detriment of family, but you know what happens as life gets busy and priorities get shifted. Or just think about how much we spend, how much time and money we spend on trying to look good instead of trying to find ways to love and be a neighbor to those that need it, like we talked about in last week's sermon. Satan is hard at work attacking our priorities. So Paul here gives some advice on how to press on toward the goal that matters. He says, you just got to consider everything else loss, garbage, dung. If it means I'm not heading towards the goal that matters, it's a negative. I got to get rid of it. And look at what he says the goal that matters is. Gaining Christ. He says, being found in him, not having a righteousness, not having a record that, that, that I achieve based on my accomplishments, but the righteousness that is by faith, that comes from God. You know, we get so caught up looking at 
what we do and looking for credit for that. Paul flips that. And look at here in verse 10. He says his goal is to know Christ. Look at how he puts it. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection. You see, his victory changes everything for us. That gives what all our effort and accomplishment never could. And so he goes on. Verse 11. I want to know Christ and participation in his sufferings. You see, because Satan is fighting against this goal, it'll be hard. Keeping your priorities straight sometimes, you know, doing the right thing hurts. But he says, I want to know Christ, participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Jesus' life was not worth more to him than what he came to do, and neither is ours. And then he says, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This goal, this focus on Christ, results in eternal life. Not some plaque or trophy that just collects dust. This goal matters because it's eternal. So press on toward the goal that matters. And Paul says it's an ongoing thing. Look at verse 12. He says he hasn't already obtained it, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. Understand what's all in that sentence. Christ has taken hold of me. He prioritized your salvation and then he passionately pursued it. He took my sin and guilt and shame and fear and and everything that could get in the way. And he paid the price for everything that separated me from God with his death on the cross. And once he destroyed everything that separated me from God, he claimed me and you as his own. In the waters of baptism, he put his name on yours. In his word, he captures our hearts as we hear of his love. In the Lord's Supper, he gives to all who are properly prepared forgiveness and confidence through his own body and blood. He takes hold of us through faith because he's claimed us as his own. He passionately pursued our salvation, intentionally going to Jerusalem to meet the death we deserved. And that's worth something. So let's passionately pursue that in our own lives as well. But but what we're pursuing is not our death, but life. Because Christ is risen. Hallelujah, you remembered. Awesome. That changes everything, right? So press on toward the goal that matters. I mean, you think about all of the effort and energy that you have put into whatever goals were big deals for you. Whatever you really wanted and, and accomplished. I mean, sports is, is a good analogy, right? So, so you think of, 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 of those awards that I was talking about before. That, that cost sweat and time in those runs and, and, and effort in the weight room and, and being destroyed in practices and, and, and going through the work. And the prize that that won is just collecting dust. But the prize that we have is heaven. So let's press on to, toward that goal just as passionately. And I think of all the, the parents that, that made such efforts to make sure that their kids were here for soccer camp every day this week, in the morning, during the summer. That took something. They intentionally 
made sure that that happened because they thought, well, their kids would have fun and it was good for them and, and, and it would be beneficial. I, I pray that they're just as passionate about bringing their kids to church today and, and every Sunday following and Sunday school and Wednesdays in the Word and, and, and time at home in devotion. And it's not just the kids, it's not just the parents for, for a soccer camp, it's us too. Let's passionately pursue this goal that matters. But that means you'll have to take control of your schedule to make sure that there's time for God's word growing here at church and in Bible study. That means that, that you'll have to manage your time as you press on toward that goal. Look at your life. What are the rocks? What are the pebbles? What's, what's sand? Let's do what it takes to, to put what's first first. Because this is a goal worth pursuing. It's a goal that, that Christ has given to us. And then you can enjoy all the rest of the stuff. You know, I'm not telling you never watch Netflix. Just don't do it at the expense of your time in the Word and in prayer with God. I'm not telling you don't enjoy all the other little side things that we have. They're awesome. They're blessings and gifts from God. Let's just put the rocks first. Press on toward the goal that matters. In Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith.